0: Hey, I'm Darren, and I'm one of the pastors here at Focus. And and it is my joy to be back after being gone for three weeks. And I just want to say thank you so much to Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Raphael, and Pastor James for bringing some powerful words. Come on, somebody. Let's go ahead and thank you so much. I love it. You guys did a fantastic job. Pastor James, seriously, I think it was the best message that you've ever brought to our church. And that's saying something right there. It was an absolutely wonderful time for us to be away but I'm excited today because we are continuing in on our summer series called Name Droppers. Name Droppers. Uh, So, a while ago, this was like, I don't know, maybe 10 years or so ago, uh, my wife and I were on staff at a church in Dallas, Texas. Any Dallas Cowboy fans in here? Okay, so now I know, now I know where our enemies are at. Now I just wanted to make sure that we were clear on that (laughs) I love it so much. Uh, We were in Dallas, Texas, and and, uh, we had some good friends that were there with us as well. That were on, uh, uh, we found at the church uh, through a groups, and and actually, here's how we met them, is that one Sunday, uh, our oldest at the time, I guess it was probably eight years or so ago, because our oldest at the time was already born, and uh, and we let him bring a toy to church, which we hardly ever did. Our reasoning was because, how many of y'all know with kids that they leave stuff around? And then, like, their favorite toy is gone, and it is, like, it's the end of all things. And so we just said, we're not doing that. You know, like, we cannot, we can't find another one of these toys. So we just, we just said we can't bring in these toys. Well, we let him bring in uh, this little stuffed football. And this was his favorite because on that little stuffed football was, was an Iowa Hawkeye. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about. Maybe it wasn't his favorite toy. Maybe it was mine. I don't know. to be... That might be the case uh but, but he brought it in and uh and as we're going to pick up uh uh jude from from his classroom uh the the teachers came running out and they were like Who, whose kid is this we we're like this is ours well we want to be able to meet you because we love the iowa hawkeyes as well yeah. i was like you are the greatest people on the planet that's what i'm talking <laughs> about finding in dallas texas some iowa hawkeye fans and, and they became uh, really quick, friends of ours, Justin and Missy are tremendous people, pastoring in in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, right now. Bless your souls. I know you guys are watching on YouTube at some point, and and uh, and better you than me. Uh, the best thing about being from Iowa is that you're not there anymore. Come on now, I love being. Oh, born in the Midwest, but I was created for the desert. Come on, somebody, right? Uh, love is so much, but. But we began to hang out quite a bit. In fact, every Saturday, we were hanging out with them because they were bigger Iowa Hawkeye fans than we were, and so we loved being able to hang out with them. One night, we were going on this kind of double date, and both of our kids are, are, are with us. They had a daughter that was the same age uh, as Jude, and, and they are betrothed, if, the, if you know what I'm talking about. We have arranged that marriage to be able to take place at some point. And, uh, uh, and we're hanging out at this coolest little toy shop that we've ever been to. Still today, love this toy shop, Tadpoles and Froggies. And we were at Tadpoles and Froggies, and it was just the four of us and our two kids that were there, and and we're having a good time. Our kids got like the run of the joint, they're playing with all of the toys, and then all of a sudden, Missy comes running over to where uh, Justin and I are standing, and she says, you're not going to believe this, but I was down looking at a toy, and I looked over, and I just saw the biggest calves I've ever seen in my entire life. And I looked up, and Troy Aikman is in the shop with us. And so, and so Justin and I, we're going to play it cool. I said, hey, man, let's go over by the register. So that way we make sure that he has to see us. Because he's going to find something, he's going to buy it, and then we're going to be able to have an interaction. And so sure enough, Troy Aikman, he comes over to where we're at, and I'm playing it cool, and I just give him one of these. And Justin follows it up with a, sup. (laughs) And Troy, my good friend Troy, says to me, what's (laughs) up? And the very next day when I go back into the office, I say, hey, yeah, so last night Troy Aikman and I were shopping at this shop and I got this toy. (laughs) Name droppers, right? Name droppers. That's what we're talking about today because we're giving, we're talking about people in scripture that we're going to look at their lives and we're going to see and learn from their past because I believe that if we can learn from their past, that it will prepare us for our future. And I believe that God has an amazing future in store for each and every single one of you. I believe that God cares more about your future than he does about your past. Now hear me on this. God loves you so much that he wants to help move your past into the past. Move you past the hurts Move you past all of those things he loves you so much that he wants to bring healing and redemption to your past and he has a future in store for each and every single one of you a future that is exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever dream now i don't know about you but i can dream some pretty big dreams yeah. in fact let me ask you this question we got any dreamers in here today Amen. do we got any dreamers in here today if you're a dreamer, come on let me just see i man I don't know about you, but I love dreams. I love big dreams. I love bold dreams. I love dreams that people say, why are you doing that? Well, that can't be done. I love dreams that are big enough to be able to push something to the impossible because I know that that's when God gets moving. When the impossible is in front of you, that's when miracles take place. And so I love big, bold dreams. I was, uh, I was looking at a, a story back in 2003, there were two individuals, uh, Bertrand Picard and Andre Berchbag. Don't ask me, probably mispronouncing it, but that's what it looked like to me, all right? So I'm looking at these two individuals and in 2003, they had a dream. They had a dream to circumnavigate the globe in an aircraft. Not that big of a dream, right? But to do it, in a solar-powered airplane, not using one ounce of fossil fuel. Now that's a big dream right there. Something that has never been done before, especially in 2003 where the technology at that time was was pretty limited when it came to solar power. How can you pull enough power to even get an airplane off of the ground? How can you get enough power to have it sustained flight? and after working through it uh, from 2003 until 2010, they raised about $150 million. And they had about 50 people on their team that were trying to pull all of these things together. And they built, they built an aircraft called the Solar Impulse. And it did. It took off from the ground. It got 10 feet off of the ground. And it flew for about, about 300 meters is what it flew for. And it was going at a whopping 27 miles per hour. It had about as much power in it as the original Wright airplane. Come on, we just went backwards a little bit, right? But, but that, that was just the beginning of their dream. And as, a, as time went on, they were able to, to make some modifications and they built Solar Impulse 2. And in 2015, they set off, in March of 2015, they set off from, from Abu Dhabi and they began to circumnavigate the globe, taking stop after stop after stop. And they did this at a whopping 47 miles per hour is what they averaged. They got all the way to Hawaii. It took them six months to get to Hawaii. But as they went from Japan to Hawaii, the plane sustained a major damage as it was going over the Pacific Ocean. And they had to have that plane grounded for about nine months, waiting for the parts to be able to come in so that they could continue going on. And they did, they eventually finished off. 16 months later, after they had first started that mission and that journey, they finally saw the fulfillment of their dream. There was a lot of frustration that went on during the meantime. The question that I have for you today is, do I have any frustrated dreamers in here today? Man, I got some dreams, but there's times that I get some, I get some frustrated dreams as well. And what we're gonna to do today is we're gonna look at a dreamer in scripture. And those of you that, that, that have grown up in church, you probably know this story. In fact, in fact, I would even say that even if you aren't a Christ follower, even if you aren't familiar with, uh, with the Bible, you've probably heard of this person because there's a pretty famous play and, and it's Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Today we're gonna to talk about a dreamer whose name was Joseph. And we can see his story pick up in Genesis 37. And if you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to go ahead and open them up. If you didn't bring your Bibles, then don't worry. We got you covered because it's going to be right up here on the screen. And we're going to start in chapter 37, verse 2. And it says, so Joseph, a young man of 17. Those of you that are in high school, you might think, 17? That's not a young man. He's got the world by his fingertips. He's got everything under control. How many of y'all know 17? I mean, I wish 17 was back again, right? Like, Man, the, the youth is wasted on the young, isn't it? Come on, right? Like, 17, a young man of 17 was tending the flocks with his brothers. And then it says, and he brought their father a bad report about them. What kind of tattletale, young punk? Anybody love a tattletale in here? Right? What is it? Snitches get what? Not in church, no, come on now. No, they get redemption is what they get. <laughs> set y'all up on that one. Nobody loves a tattletale. In fact, his brothers didn't like it either. How do you think his brothers felt when this dude is continuing to go and give a bad report about them? Anybody like that guy? Anybody want to be on Joseph's side today? That's how I would feel if it was my brother and he's constantly giving a bad report Stop going and telling on mom and dad. Why don't you just like keep it to yourself? And that's exactly how his brothers felt. They didn't like him. In fact, scripture even says they hated him. He was like daddy's favorite. He got all the cool clothes. That's why he got that coat of many colors, the Technicolor dream coat. He got all the cool clothes, and they were stuck with the hand-me-downs, even though they were even older. Like, right? Like, this is messed up. You're going and telling your old daddy's favorite. And that's who he is. And that's how his brothers felt about him. But God gave Joseph a dream. And this is the dream that he had. He said to them, hey, listen. Listen to this dream that I just had. How you like that? You wake up one day, you're hanging out with your brothers. Hey, guess what? I had a dream last night. Okay, what was it? All right, you ready to hear this? This is what my dream was. This is my. Hey, we were binding sheaves of grain out in the field. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, My sheaf, it rose up, taller than all (laughs) y'all's. Mine was bigger than all y'all's. And then you know what yours did? It bowed down to mine. You little punk kid, man. Anybody anybody like the sibling rivalry is being able to, it's coming up. And then, then all of a sudden he's like, hey, you know what? Hey, I had another drink. You want to hear this dream? It better be better than the last one. I'm telling you that right now, right? Like, that's what I'd be feeling. This is what he says. This is his next dream. And he said, listen, I had another dream. And this time, the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. Oh, now it's not even, now it's not even grain. Now it's not even like just a, a sheaf of grain. That's a, now it's you. And now you got the sun and the moon and the stars. Wait a second. There's 11 of us, brothers, so that's the stars, but who's the sun and the moon in this? Well, check this out. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father realized, oh, you're talking about me now. (laughs) Oh, I'm the sun and your mom is the moon. And his father rebuked him. All of a sudden... This dream that he had, he's beginning to see some rivalry that's taking place. All of a sudden, he's beginning to see some pushback in this thing, rightfully so, because Joseph at this time is somebody who's walking around proud of the coat that he's got. Nobody's got anything like I do right now. He's telling on his brothers. He's giving bad reports about him. He's walking around with his head held high like he's everything and that, and a bag of chips, right? Right? I don't even know where that saying comes from. Somebody needs to Google that. Where did a bag of chips come from? Like, sure, I'll take a bag of chips. What's the big deal? All that, a bag of chips. Sun and the moon and the stars. Everybody's bowing down to me. And here's what I want you to know today. Is that, is that this is just the beginning of the story of Joseph. We hear the dreams of Joseph at the very beginning of the introduction to him. And the narrative continues on from there. Because here's what I want you to know today for all of you dreamers that are in here today. That I want you to know that your dream is not your destination. The dream is the beginning of the journey to your destination. So all of you that are frustrated because you have not seen your dream happen just yet. It's because that there is a journey that you are on to see the fulfillment of your destination. The dream is just the beginning of it. And those of you that are in here that are like, I'm not even a dreamer. I want you to know this. I believe that you are because I believe that God has put you. I believe that you are made with a purpose for a purpose and that God has a plan for your life. So even if you have not grasped hold of that yet, I believe that you are a dreamer because i believe that god has something amazing in store for you but your dream is not the destination that's just the beginning of the journey that god has for you now i don't know about you but but the journey the journey can be a little bit it's not easy and that's what we're going to do today for the rest of the time that we're here is that we're going to look at the story of joseph and we're going to see how his journey How he learned from it, and how we can learn from his journey as well. So if you're taking notes, you got your top notes that are in front of you. I want to talk about this journey. And the first thing that we're gonna learn as we look at Joseph is we're gonna learn this. We're gonna learn that the journey will be filled with difficulty. Your journey will be filled with difficulty. Some of you, some of you that call this your home church, you're like, pastor why you always got to remind us that life is hard like i know life is hard i'm in the middle of hard right now right like why do you always have to remind us that it's hard you don't need to be reminded that life is hard and that journey is difficult but what you need to be reminded of is that you're not the first one who's ever faced difficulty and you're not the last one it's not unique to you your your situation might be unique but difficulty is not unique to you. And be, be aware of that, that God has seen all of these things before. Scripture says that there's nothing new underneath the sun. And so he knows the difficulty that you've been in. He's walked through it with other people. And so even though you might be in a difficult situation, rest assured that you serve a God who knows you how to get, how to get out of that situation. The journey is going to be difficult. It just will. Look at, look at how the journey begins to get difficult for Joseph. We can see what happens. Actually, what happens is that Joseph's dad asked him, he said, hey, I want you to go, uh, go find your brothers and go bring them some food, uh, and then give me a report on what's going on with them. Right? Oh, great, here comes Joseph again. And we're gonna pick up our story right here. So Joseph went after his brothers, and he found them near Dothan. But when they saw him at a distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Man, I've been upset at my brother and sister before, but I've never, like I, I'm, I, that man, I'm never, anybody in here? No, just, I don't, want, I don't want to see those hands, right? Like, I am a mandatory reporter, okay? Like, but, right, like, that's, they plotted to kill him. But luckily, luckily there was one brother one brother who had, had, a little bit of a, he had a little bit of clarity in that moment. How many all know you need that one friend yeah. to talk you off the edge, right? And so Reuben, Reuben's like, hey, guys, we can't kill him, so let's just go ahead and beat him up and then throw him into this well, right? <laughs> it's still messed up, right? <laughs> but Reuben's just trying to save his life. And credit to Reuben, he actually had planned to have, throw him into the well and then everybody leaves and then he's going to go fish out. Uh, his brother and bring him back to his dad like credit to reuben right but but that was his plan to save his life let's just beat him up a little bit throw him into a well right and and then as they're sitting there uh they're having some dinner and and joseph's in a well you know like i don't even know what that would be like help i don't even know if he's making any noise or not all of a sudden it thought to another brother he thought you know what uh we need to do something else and so he said come let's sell him what? What kind of brothers are these? Like, I'm so glad that I do not have brothers like Joseph did. I mean, he might have been asking for it, but but asking to be killed, asking to be sold into slavery. Like, this is a messed up family, right? Let's sell him. And so they all agreed. His brothers agreed and, and continue on. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and they sold him for 20 shekels of silver. Well, that seems like a pretty good deal, right? 20 shekels of silver? You want to know how much 20 shekels of silver is in today's society? $132. What? They sold his brother for $132. These are some people that are upset. And how can, let's just admit this. Joseph's life is not going well at this time. It is difficult at this moment. And in fact, if I was him, I got to be thinking to myself, that dream that I had, this is not the pathway to the dream that I had. I I thought I was going to rise up. I thought I I was going to be powerful. I thought that my brothers were going to bow down to me. I thought I was going to run the family. And now... I'm getting sold into slavery for $132. And I'm getting taken away from everybody who was supposed to work for me. And many times for us, when we find ourselves in frustration, we just find ourselves giving up on what the, this can't be right. This can't be what the plan is. This can't be where I'm supposed to go. Here's what I want you to know and want you to remember more than anything else when it gets difficult and the journey gets difficult, what I want you to completely remember is this, is that you are not alone. You are not alone. Joseph was not alone. Even when all of his brothers abandoned him, even when they sold him off, that Joseph was not alone. Because once he got down to Egypt, scripture tells us this in 39 verse two, it says that the Lord was with Joseph. Even it feels like everybody else has abandoned you. That nobody else believes in your dream. Nobody else believes that you can accomplish something that's crazy. The Lord is with you. God has not abandoned you. And he is going to press on through those moments of difficulty. Let me hear this again. Joseph was a slave. Joseph was in a foreign country. But the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. You might feel like you're in a place where you're, nobody's with me at all. Everybody's abandoned me. The Lord is with you. Continue on your journey. Is there difficulty? Absolutely there is. Press on. Because the Lord is with you. The Lord was with Joseph so much that actually he began to bless him. He began to bless him underneath Potiphar. So even when there is difficulty, you can begin to see the blessings of God even continue to flow. That there was beginning to see blessings and so Potiphar began to to give him more responsibility and and he actually put him in charge of his entire house. Entire house. It It says that Potiphar, the only thing that Potiphar worried about was what he was going to eat the next day. How many of y'all wish that that was your life, right? The only thing I got to worry about is what's going, what am I going to have today? I don't know. Everything else you didn't have to worry about. And and scripture also tells us that that Joseph, Joseph's a good looking man. Joseph's well built. And and not just did scripture notice that, but Potiphar's wife noticed it as well. (laughs) And so all of a sudden we see things going a little bit okay for Joseph, but now we're going to see that when, now it's going to go from bad to worse. Because Potiphar's wife notices Joseph, and he, she thinks, you know what, I, I think I want to seduce him. And he continues to say no to her, day in and day out, over and over and over again. He says no. And one day, one day, one day she gets the best of him. And it says this in 39, verse 11, it says, one day he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants were inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Come on, somebody. When temptation hits you, that's exactly what you should do. Run away. Run away. Don't just say, don't think to yourself, you know, I wonder how strong I am. I think that, I think that it's time that I can, I can be around these people and I can say no. They can do all of those things that I used to do and I'm strong enough now. No don't. You need to be strong enough to run away. Get away from it. Joseph did exactly what he was supposed to do, but something happened. She caught a hold of his coat. As he's running away, she caught a hold of it, and so she had this coat in her hand, and she's so upset. She's so angry at Joseph that she decides, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm done with this guy, and so she begins to tell lies about him. No other witnesses around and so she's got this piece of evidence right here and so she tells everybody, she says, hey, Joseph came into the house and he tried to seduce me. And I fought him off and here's the evidence that I have today. Well, word gets back to Potiphar. Potiphar is very upset about this. And Potiphar says, you're done. And he throws him into prison. Come on now, right? Like, man, I, I, I got sold into slavery. I'm doing okay. And now all of a sudden, I find myself in prison. How many of you would be frustrated at this time? Right, like I would be extremely frustrated at this time. But there's something amazing that has happened to Joseph from the time that he was 17 to the time that he goes into prison. And it's this, is that the journey changed him. And I'm here to tell you that when you are in the middle of a journey, The journey should change you, should impact you. See, many times we think to ourselves, you know, I've got this amazing dream that can impact people in a tremendous way. And we forget about how the fact that the dream has the power to impact us just as powerfully, if not more so. You should change. You should continue to grow. The journey that you are on God placed it there so that you can learn and you can grow. The journey should change you. See, the, the difference that we can see between the time that he was with his brothers and his family and the time that he was in Potiphar's house is because when he was his family, he had learned to become a master tattletale. <laughs> he would tell and give bad reports on everybody. His own family, he, I, I'm gonna tell on Everybody. But now he's in Potiphar's house, he's getting accused of something that he did not do, yet he keeps his mouth shut. There was something that had happened between that time and the time in Potiphar's house and it was that God had humbled him. And he had learned the humility to be able to say, I know the moments to speak up and I know the moments that I just need to keep my mouth shut. But he would have been justified to say something, right? Because this isn't fair. Life is not fair. And some of you right now are dealing with unfair circumstances. I didn't do anything wrong, and I'm getting accused of something. And Joseph just takes it and goes into prison. Because here's what he learned. He learned that life is going to absolutely throw you a curveball. And life is going to throw you a curveball. And you know what you need to do at that moment? You need to learn to hit curveballs. <laughs> learn to hit it. Don't just go down swinging. Learn to hit a curveball, because they're going to be full of them. Life is going to be difficult, and it should—you should learn to change as you adapt and go through it. You should grow, become more like Christ every single day. Look at this in Genesis 39. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. Come on, somebody. As we continue to go through difficult situations, we see that the Lord is still with him, changing him, making him more like him every single day. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. And we all say, come on, on, we all. If you have said yes to Jesus, that we all, not just some of us, Not just those of you that claim to be a dreamer. Not just those of you that want to go through a process. No, we all, if you have said yes to Jesus, we all who unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image. That every single day you are becoming more like Jesus. Every single day you are changing into His image. The journey should change you. The question that I have for you today, are you being changed into the image of God? Or are you trying to transform God into your image? Are you trying to rework what scripture says just because, you know, hey, this feels better to me. This, this is, I like a God that says this. And so I'm going to make sure, no, we are being transformed into the image of God. The journey is going to be difficult for you. Life is hard. Learn from it and change into the image of God. Let's continue on with Joseph. Pharaoh said to Joseph, wait a second, Pharaoh? How did Pharaoh get into the picture? See, what happened was that as Joseph was in prison, that he is in there and he's learning how to be able to serve in a tremendous way. He had a dream when he was younger that he was going to stand above everybody else. And then he finds himself in the place where he is with the lowest of the low. And he is beginning to serve them. And he served two individuals. One was a cupbearer, and the other one was, was a, a, a baker for Pharaoh. And they were, Pharaoh was mad at him and throws him into prison. And then all of a sudden, these two individuals have a dream. I don't know about you, but I think if I was Joseph, I would have been like, you can keep your dream to yourself. Dreams are what got me into this mess, right? And they had a dream, and, and Joseph interpreted the dream and, and said, hey, cupbearer, you're gonna be put back into your position. Hey, Baker, sorry for you, but, but Pharaoh's gonna kill you. And sure enough, both of those things came to pass. And then two years went by after the cupbearer got into a position, and all of a sudden, Pharaoh had a dream. And he asked all of the wise people around him, he said, hey, hey what's, the, what's the meaning of this dream? Nobody could answer him. And all of a sudden, the cupbearer said, hey, you know what, two years ago, two years ago, I, I was in prison. Remember, hey, Pharaoh, remember when you got mad at me? I don't, don't remember why you did, but remember when you got mad at me? Well, I had a dream about that, and, uh, and, and, and he said that I was gonna come back into my place, and, and it, it came to pass. And so Pharaoh says, hey, we need to send for this dreamer. And so he sends for Joseph. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it. But I've heard it said that you, of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. And then Joseph said this, I I can't do it. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Can you see the shift that has happened inside of Joseph? All of a sudden, he thought, man, all my brothers, they're all going to bow down to me. Look how amazing and how wonderful I am. I've got everything under control. And then the journey and the difficult journey that life had given him brought him to a place where he understood I am nothing. And God is everything. I am nothing without God. I can't do it on my own. You might be in here today Working your tail off. Because you have a dream. Going after everything. You're working so hard. I've I've tried every single thing. I've I've exhausted all of my resources. To bring you to a place where you understand, I can't do it on my own. And you feel hopeless, which is exactly where you should be. To come to the realization that you can't do it on your own. You don't have the strength inside of you to do it on your own. We absolutely, 100% need the power of God on our side. All of a sudden, Joseph gives Pharaoh the interpretation of this dream. And he says, Pharaoh, here's what's going to happen. there's going to be seven years of plenty go through the land. We're going to have bigger harvests than you've ever seen, than we've ever experienced before. But be careful, because at the end of those seven years, we're going to go through seven years of famine and drought. And the reason why that these seven years of plenty are happening is so it can prepare us for those seven years. And that's exactly what happens. Pharaoh says, man, the wisdom that God has given you, you know what? I'm going to make you second in command of all of the known world at that time. Egypt was the center of everything. And the only person that Joseph had to answer to was to Pharaoh himself. That he put him in charge of everything. And God began to bless him through that time. And then the drought comes and the famine comes. And it doesn't just hit Egypt, it hits all of that area. It hits his family. And all of a sudden, the famine that had hit his family, they heard, hey, there's food in Egypt. And his father tells his brothers, go to Egypt. And buy some food for our family. As his brothers are coming towards him, they don't recognize him any longer because he had changed. He recognized them. And as they're getting closer, they see this person that they need to buy food from. And what do they do? They fall on their knees, bow before him, asking to buy food. The fulfillment of a dream. As if that was the fulfillment. Of the dream as if as if God had given him a dream just to have his brothers bow down before him that wasn't the fulfillment of the dream because here's what I'm going to tell you today Is that no matter how big you dream, God's plans are bigger than your dreams ever will be. Because Joseph just had a dream to have his brothers bow down before him. But God had a plan to rescue hundreds of thousands of people during a time of famine. That God's plans are always bigger than what your dreams are. See, I can tell you that just at the beginning of this year that me and one of our leaders, that we were standing in this room as we're tearing down and I'm looking up and I'm looking around and I just said to him, I said, I'm so thankful for our school. I'm so thankful that God has given us a place where we can meet, where we can talk about how great he is, where all of these people have come together and have experienced Jesus. And I said, I'm so thankful for this. And I told him at that moment, I said, you know what I'd love to do? I said, at the beginning of next school year, I'd love to be able to have our principal come in here, and I'd love to be able to bless her with an extra $2,000. But God had a bigger dream in store for that. We didn't give him $2,000. We gave you $3,000 instead of that. As if that was the fulfillment of the dream. What's money? Money, like it can do things. It's It's not about the money. It's about the impact that that will have. See, what I believe that God's dream is, is that that is going towards a maker's room where there's going to be a student that's gonna walk into that room this year. And they're going to experience, they're gonna have their first experience in engineering that they've ever, they've ever seen. And that might be somebody who will be part of the first manned spacecraft to Mars that somebody's going to be impacted that there's going to be a student impacted inside of that room that they're going to experience robotics that they've never experienced before and they could have an opportunity to revolutionize automobiles that's what i believe can happen in a room like that i believe that that three thousand dollars is going towards a teacher who is going to speak lovingly and encouragingly to a student who has only experienced anger and hate from their parent before And all of a sudden, it's going to transform their life, and it's going to cut off a circle and a cycle of abuse in their family. That's the fulfillment of a dream. Because I believe that God's plans are so much bigger than our dreams ever will be. Church, would you please stand with me today? You might have a dream in here today. Or maybe you maybe you've stopped dreaming because you've just been frustrated for so long. You found yourself in prison. And you said, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to change. I'm going to give up on everything. I've give, I quit." Quit. Because obviously if this was a God-given dream, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be standing in this place right now. Because if, if, if I do the right thing, then good things, good things happen to good people, right? Jesus might have an argument against that. Don't quit. Don't quit on the dream that God has given you. Don't quit dreaming and understand that the journey that you're on is going to be difficult. It's going to be hard, but God is with you. Don't quit and be changed during that journey to conform to his image. God's plans are so much bigger than your dreams ever will be. And I believe that the biggest dream that God has and the biggest plan that he has for each and every single one of us in here today is to have a relationship with him. It says that God's will is that none will perish but all will have everlasting life. Forever. Exceedingly, abundantly more than than you could ever imagine. That's the life that God has for you. And it's found in a relationship with him. As a church, I want to ask you to just, everybody in here, close your eyes. Just have a moment of reflection in this, because I'm going to ask for a response. And I don't want, it, I don't want you to be embarrassed or feel nervous about somebody else looking around, so just, just ask you to close your eyes. Nothing special about it, just to respect some people around you. And my prayer, my hope, and my dream is that each of you will have a relationship with God today. How do I do that? Well, God wants a relationship with you, and so you just simply say yes at this moment. You just say yes. You don't even have to say it verbally out loud. I'm just gonna ask, because nobody's looking around, I'm just gonna ask this, that you just say yes just by raising your hand. You don't even have to raise it like way up in the air. You just raise it up just a little bit. Just acknowledgement. Just saying, you know what, I, I want a relationship with God today, because life is hard and it's difficult can't do it on my own. I need him. I want him. I need that relationship. If that's you today, just go ahead and raise your hand right now. Today I say yes to you, Jesus. I say yes to having a relationship with you. Change my heart. Change my life. Help me to become more like you. I say these things in Jesus mighty name. Can I get a witness?